Hi, I'm Alice. Hi, I'm Justin. And you're listening to the Otterly Allison Podcast. Who knows what we'll talk about. Irish doodle. Yeah, her name's Rory. I think I think before they get done, they're gonna have like bear doodles and stuff. We have we have a cavapoo and a labradoodle, and our next we want to get is a Bernie doodle because we want it to be. Bear. Yeah, we have a labradoodle. Doing it again. They did this on Monday with Allison for video. Good, because I thought I had started drinking and I didn't even drink anything yet. I was like, <laughs> or I was having a stroke and my right eye was going out or something. <laughs> Five o'clock in Greenland. Perfect. Well, welcome to our show, Herb. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Oh, happy to be here. Hopefully, you haven't wasted your time uh, watching our show <laughs> yet. I, I seen a couple snippets. Uh, I think of one of the ones y'all posted. I I actually don't listen to as many podcasts as like people probably think I do. Uh, it's only when I'm on long drives is when I find the time. Yeah. Like. All right, we'll do that. We'll listen to the podcast for the next five hours. Yeah, I find that dog walking and chores is a, it's a good time for me. I like the chores one. I just don't like doing chores. So kind of comes yeah, I, don't, I don't either. <laughs> so, uh, so Allison, I don't want to step on your toes, but uh, you, you invited Herb. And I, I'm really interested in how you guys first met, but I don't want to ru- ruin your intro okay. of Herb for everyone. So that's, that's my All right. well, I'll do a brief intro and I'll let him dive in. So I help with the next gen program with ServiceNow. And one of my very good friends for many, many years um, used to be over the program. And then she got to hire Herb to kind of take it over. So I've gotten to know him over the past. Have you been there a year? Yeah, year and a half, I guess now. Year and a half. And so I've gotten to work with him and I'll let him give his background. He's got a very cool background and was doing great things with the program. Uh, Yeah, I appreciate it, Allison. Yeah, it's a year and a half. Time flies when you're... uh either having fun or busy or you're having fun while you're busy uh so yeah mm-hmm. no i've been in service now a year and a half uh yeah right at a year and a half back it up even further four years ago i retired out of the army as a special forces team sergeant people know as a green beret and then was like hey what's next with my life and my claim to fame was hey i'm the only person ever to be the army's drill sergeant of the year and a green beret and all that gets me nothing, right? There's no discount at the gas station or anywhere else. So it was like, hey, let's figure it out. So I went to work at Accenture as a management consultant in that pathway. I was doing my MBA at Cornell. And then I was like, hey, I got to do something else. This, is, uh, this isn't this is challenging me. It's not fulfilling me. I found out about ServiceNow. I had been doing ServiceNow work. But I was like, oh, this position at ServiceNow. Looked at it. Looked at my fiance, Corey. I was like, this was wrote for me. This is, this is, they should just put my name on there. I don't even know why they're posting it. And uh, I, you know, submit application, went through the process. And then a year and a half later, here I am. Yeah, I was, I was following your uh, kind of trajectory on, I'm going through your LinkedIn and all your posts and everything. And you actually posted today about um, interviewing at a startup. Um, and then your friends interviewed at the startup. And like you guys have gone your separate ways. And I found that really intriguing about just kind of how life, for everyone and goes different directions. Yeah, they were in there as in the first 40 employees, I think like 36 and 39 or something. So I was like, oh, I'm a good shot to get in. This is going to be awesome. Uh, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> and I knew pretty quickly during the interview, it was in person in a, 
It was, this is going to make or break it. What I didn't realize though, they, they had a problem and they like, Hey, what's your solution? So I got up on a whiteboard, I drew it out. Uh, it was the same pitch they had made the day before. And the guy I was interviewing was like, no, that's not it. I didn't know that. So I made the same pitch because we came from the same background, like same similar type of thinking, but it all worked out, right? They're a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company now a couple of years later. And, um, I'm not a multi-billion dollar entity though. Um, <laughs> I'm doing okay. I, I would I would bet you've had billions of dollars of impact on other people though. Yeah, it's it's hard to that's why I love what I do though. It's you get to you can't buy it. You know, when you help someone and you yeah. change their life, whether it's, you know, a little bit or, you know, even a tiny bit, you, you can't purchase that how good that feels. So it's awesome. That's actually what I love about Herb is like his content is just so like real and it's resonates with so many people of like he's taking his experiences and how his journey has taken him and it's very cool to read because I'm not a veteran so I can never ever relate to what you've been through but I know several that when I read your stuff I'm like oh my gosh like this is awesome and the people in the cohorts just love you and what you do and the things you bring to the table especially like your content I'm like I could never do that ever like I want to be you when I <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> People all the time go, I'll ask me, they'll reach out like, how are you so authentic? I'm like, I don't, I don't know how else to be like, it's uh, I just be myself. But part of it really is like giving enough care of what people think, but really not caring what people think. Cause you're never going to make everyone happy. And uh, for me, there is, it, it, it's great. You point that out, Allison. Like those that have served and those not served all, all are equal. There's no one better than the other, but there's a divide. Right. And you, most people, unless you have a family member, don't know what it is. So I'm always about building bridges, and if it, and through authentic, you know, authenticity of like, hey, this is the real experience, and, and do that. And I, we need more of it, right? I, I think we need more coming together uh, instead of polarization. So anything I can do to help, whether it's veteran, non-veteran, uh, I'm all for it because we can, we can all get along. We all succeed together. Do you want to tell? our audience, <laughs> kind of what NextGen is and what you guys do, just because I don't think everybody knows about NextGen. No, good. good. NextGen, so ServiceNow, we have NextGen, and it's not just in the U.S., globally focused, but I'll talk mainly about what we do here for veterans, but focused on underserved populations, the people who normally can't break into tech. Uh, let's give them training and let's get them a step up and get them into the ecosystem. So we have programs here in the U.S. that are veteran-focused. That's where I uh, reside and then we have non-veteran focus so certain different uh, parts of America and then other ones in uh, you know across Europe also in Asia for a lot of refugees and stuff going through and get training so it, it's really a way to get service now training for free uh, for a 10-week program or our military program is 16 weeks because we're connected with the Department of Defense to really go through a boot camp and learn service now but not just service now, but career skills. And like, how, hey, how do I use this thing called LinkedIn? Or how do I, what's a resume? And some of the mental components of like, I'm leaving service to my nation behind. It, it's gonna be different now in corporate America and going through that and interviews, et cetera. So we hit on that, but also, I mean, it's mainly drinking out of the fire hose of learning service now. And it's, it's amazing. We just finished up and we are talking about a, a project that you know about, Allison, and it's, yeah. It's so amazing to see the participants as they come through, you know, day one, I always joke, but it's not far up. They can spell service now. Like that is their expertise level with service now to 
you know, by week 10, they're developing an application in ServiceNow, working in a small team of three to five people, and then work for weeks and solve them problems that, you know, really, uh, you know, architect, not necessarily an architect, but a developer and people who are out there in the ecosystem for a couple of years are doing. So it's just awesome to see uh, their progress. And then the end, end state is, and this is what I love it, is ServiceNow wants, hey, get these people hired, right? Whether it's at ServiceNow, it's out at our partners. It's just a way to grow the ecosystem. And I love helping because I love seeing the enthusiasm because I'm like, I remember those days and I'm like, I wish I would have had this when I started because I was drinking from a water hose that was not helpful. <laughs> so you were, you were in survival mode, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Think or so. Do you, do you have a particular part of service now, Herb, that like appeals to you? And like, I, I don't know how technical or how familiar you are. I know you're over the program, but. Yeah, my coding expertise stops at my ATM pin code, and I'm good if I remember that. So <laughs> I am not tech now from a process, project management, program stuff. That That is what I do. What I love about ServiceNow, and, and really it goes back to my military career, I think about all this stuff, and it, it's everybody in every company, workplace, that was just mundane. I'm like, why are we doing this again? Like, when I out-processed out of the Army, right, after serving 20 years, they gave me the stack of papers. And I had to walk around the base and they had to give a stamp. And I'm like, I've never been here before. Why are you even giving me, why do I need your permission so I can go home essentially, right? That could be automated. And I would not have spent, you know, the uh, historically, the at least the army and most, you know, military branches give you 10 days to do that. Now you're running across posts for days, getting stamps on paper. And it's like, that could be a simple workflow in service now that would take click, 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 click. And, and it's done. So that is actually what I love about service now is, the ability to just the the bureaucracy, the mundane stuff that just eats yeah. at me, serves now can solve that. And I know it eats at me. It's people across companies everywhere, whether you served or whether you know you're in an office or a warehouse. It, it can just make your life easier, so you can focus on your work that you're supposed to be doing. And that's what I love about it. Uh, I can talk about it. I can get in and do it. I've I've done it. I've given training on ServiceNow. I've you know used it, but um, I don't dive into the like different kind of sections of service now and what we actually do is just okay. at a very high level. Gotcha. Well, you know what you made me think of? Sorry, Allison, but real quick, like when you're talking about getting rid of the mundane or the bureaucratic stuff, like right before this, I was going through a lot of your posts and you seem very reflective and creative and like you can't get to that headspace if you're caught up in all these new nuances and itty bitty details. I think um, you're living that. Um, in your in your online presence, at least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I hate anything, I hate bureaucracy. <laughs> and then, what was your kind of hardest? You know, go ahead, Allison. Oh, I was just say, was there any like advice you have for people that you felt was like the hardest part of your transition? Like, whenever you came out of the military, was there like that light bulb moment where you're like, it's all gonna be good? Or because I'm sure that's like a drastic change after so many years. Uh, thank you for asking. It, it's a huge change and it's really a way of life, right? It's not changing a job. It's not doing anything like that. And for me, there was doubt. I just said, hey, I'd been successful. You know, whatever you say that I was successful in my military career, I, I accomplished a lot. But when I where I came from, you know, I, I grew up in a trailer park. My dad was on welfare, lost his job, etc. There wasn't nothing to go back to. So I had doubt of like, am I going to I was successful in the military, but could I be a successful a civilian? so to speak. And for me, the the magic moment was I got accepted into this two-week program up at Dartmouth. 
I went there the first day and it's an awesome program. It's like a graduate certificate program and they mix athletes like Olympic athletes and veterans. And I looked around the room and I was like, I believe I can do this. I believe I belong. I can be successful. And from there on, granted, there was all kinds and there still will be in the future, you know, trials and tribulations, ups and downs. But from that moment, I believed in myself and then it was okay. As long as I believe in myself, I'll make it happen. Allison and I have talked about um, on the podcast a lot, imposter syndrome, kind of coming in and feeling like, you know, you're not in the right place or everybody knows more than I do. And I'm kind of, someone's going to catch me. Um, You know what I mean? And it's, uh, I think there's a point and I think you kind of just described it where you're just like, no, I got this and, and be humble enough for like, when you don't got it, you can be like, oops, yep. But now I know. And you move on and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know how to describe that mental leap either, but um, it's important in your career. I think I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. Uh, if I could add on that, Justin, I, for at least military folks, I learned there, right? If I went and worked hard, I had to learn a process. It was the same thing when I got out, right? It was like, let me work hard, not, you know, believe that I know everything, believe that I can do it and put in the hard work. And it's like, wow, that worked in the military works <laughs> in general. People are people, right? If you work hard and smartly, you're, you're going to be successful. So that, but believe in ourselves, we're all, we all deal with that. I think of looking in the mirror and going, am I good enough? Whether it's in a personal relationship or a professional, you know, setting. And we just have to believe in ourselves to go, okay, I'm not perfect. None of us are, we'll never will be, but I can keep going forward. I can learn and I'm going to make it. It's going to be okay. I like that sign, work hard and be nice to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was looking through um, the application. Uh, well, first of all, I noticed that NextGen, when I went there, it's actually hosted on ServiceNow. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like one in the back and hit a knowledge base article. But in the FAQ, it goes through kind of a typical cohort. And um, and it's got technical stuff like you're talking about. But do you guys incorporate what we were just talking about? Like kind of like the, the more soft skills side of things and, you know, having that confidence and presenting and, and solutioning like you were talking about with your, your first job interview? For the for, for our programs, yes. Each of them had their own little unique tweaks based off of, you know, where, where they're located at. Uh, specifically for our veteran programs, that's our whole first week is focused on that to set the conditions for learning. Now we come back and hit on it, but the whole first week is making the mental shift, uh, you know, realizing you left the uniform behind or you know, our other programs do hope, hope, thoughts and fears. Like, let, let's be real and let's talk about what, what we may not talk about at parties. You know, let, let's say the sign of things out loud. Let's, let's talk through it, but also continue to do that and bring in people as guest speakers that go, Hey, it sucked. You know what? Yeah. I didn't get the job or I, I struggled to, you know, get my certifications, but I'm here and I did it. Uh, you can too. And, th- and that's such a powerful, especially with our alumni and the people like Allison that come into our, our, our programs that really share back and give back saying, Hey, I've been where you are. It's going to be okay. Uh, hugely impactful on top of the technical learning that is just through the roof as right. far as the amount that they're learning in a short period of time. Yeah. We yeah. talk about interviewing and it's like my favorite session that yeah. we do <laughs> because I'm very blunt, which is, I feel like there's no other way to be. And, I always, this is going to give it away, but we surprise them with questions at the end that I ask in interviews. And so there's always that deer in the headlights look. 
Herb gets my easy one every time of cave versus treehouse. Wait, wait, wait. What is cave versus treehouse? Where would you rather live in a cave or a treehouse and why? And he has to answer that or the students have to answer? I wasn't following, sorry. He does, okay. It's to kind of break the ice when you have like a nervous interviewer. You just ask like, would you rather have like six hands and no feet? You know, just something random. Yeah. But I ask it because everyone I interview says a treehouse because caves are wet. But Kate, but Herb didn't have that answer, and I was very excited. But we don't want to give it away. Is that what I'm sensing? Like well, the, we can. Uh, I just don't. I don't think of caves as wet. I think of them uh, from a military mindset. Like nothing good happens in a cave, right? I think we can go and go through history and see what's happening in caves. So I, I, I live in a tree. I'm looking at trees right now. I essentially live in a treehouse. So. I choose treehouse, but for a different reason. But I love that Allison does that. She throws those questions. When I was, uh, my final interview at Accenture, it ended with, hey, you're on the toilet and um, there's no toilet paper. What are you going to do? And at first I was like, what the, you know? But it was, it's such a great question because you see that someone have a personality. You see, could they talk through a process of like, hey, here's what you do. I got to do this, this, this. And I just thought it was a fun, unique question that I was like, wasn't prepared for, but it, it, I was able to see a little bit of the interviewer and they were able to see a little bit of me. And I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. I think Allison and I were talking about when you can see the wheels turning in somebody when you're interviewing and watch them kind of figure something out, it's very telling um, and revealing into their, their process, I guess their internal process. And I don't want robots. Like I want you to answer, like, I don't want the dictionary definition of something. I want you to use your words and I want you to like, just be you because that's who I'm hiring. I'm not hiring. Like I can teach you service now, but I can't teach you to be who you are. Like that's, you can't teach it. So, we cover that a lot in that session of just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was an interviewing manager, what I was always looking for was I need someone that can hustle. Like I need someone that I don't have to be over them with a clipboard and that's going to go after the next thing and learn it. I've saw that in your application too. It was like, you want, um, I'm just quoting here, grit, resilience, uh, growth mindset, all those things that make a good employee or a good, um, a good steward of your own career. I think, you know, regardless of your employer. Yeah. I think service now, just like Allison was saying, you know, wherever you're at, we could train you as long as you're trainable, yeah. right? If you're, you have that grit resiliency, the hustle, uh, and probably a little personality because we, we don't want to work with serial killers. We actually want to work with some people we enjoy, right? So if you could show that, and I think too often people, very rightfully so, they're nervous. It's an interview. Oh my God, I'm being judged. And it's like, just be yourself. That No one's uh, no one's going to take you out back and like beat you, right? Like worst can happen, yes, you don't get the job, but just be yourself. And I always tell people, if if you can't be yourself, what are you going to do once you start the job? You're going to keep playing to be yeah. someone else all the time versus at some point, the real you is going to come out and, or the real them will come out and it won't be a fit. So just be yourself. Yeah. I, I try to explain that too. It was like, if it's not a fit, that's the best blessing you could get of you being yourself and it not being a culture fit because you're not going to be successful in a culture you don't fit in anyway. So like I've interviewed people that were fantastic, but would not have fit in at all and so i had to pass and it was not because they weren't intelligent they just weren't a fit for what we are building so. 
don't think I've ever looked at that as a positive. That's the first time. I, that's that's a great, great way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. If I may, Corey, my fiance, has been in the job search, right? And one of these companies, I won't name them. It was going well, like five interviews in, right? And on the sixth interview, like it got opened up to like, oh, this this isn't a fun place. Like, like it was a panel interview, and like people looked like they were, you know, in prison and. She was like, oh my God, I don't want to work there. And, and they they didn't want her also. So it was like, that was a good thing, right? Because do you get hired and then what do you do? Oh, I need to quit or what do I do? And it's, we all want to enjoy what we do. We can't always love everything we do. And there's going to be stuff we don't agree with, but we should be able to look forward to going to work. And if not, then we probably need to be somewhere else. That's how Justin and I got a podcast as we like talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. Talking and, um, and, and, and um, spending time uh, discussing weird stuff that <laughs> that we don't have to do for, related to work. I'm, maybe a form of procrastination. <laughs> I love I love it. What's a good weird thing? What's what's a good weird thing? Uh, oh man, lots of good weird things. Most recent, maybe boxed wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Um, what's your name for it, Allison? Cardboard O. Classic. There's some that are not bad. There's some that are terrible, but there are some that are not bad. Yeah, cardboard wine that, that it just presents an image in my mind that is like, again, that's a stereotype I have. It's like, yeah, not good. I love having those conversations too. My son has a garden, and Justin's dad was a plant doctor. So yeah. he's like telling me things about the garden. <laughs> That, yep. you know, yeah. yeah, gardening's fun. <coughs> D- did you say a plant doctor? Yes. Okay. Technically, I, it's a plant pathologist. Um, and he basically, he, he, we used to work for Homeland Security, um, but basically looking at pathogens on agriculture. And, you know, you don't want something coming from another country into the U.S. Um, and before that, he would work on, you know, for seed companies if they sell all these seeds and they get a disease or something. So... Yeah, so I, I do have a quick plant story if we have time for that. Oh yes. So when I met my fiance uh, Corey, her her dad he's uh, he's just retired after like four years as a Methodist minister. So hey, Herb's coming over. He's a green beret, all this good stuff, and he takes me around their property. And he he's like, hey, do you know what that plant is? And I was like, I uh, fern. And he's like, what about that one? And I'm like, fern. He's like, we have four different types of ferns. And as we're going, like, this was every plant. He has a couple acres. And it was like, do you know what that tree is? And I was like, no. And I'm looking at Corey, like, what? We still haven't figured out why. Like, if he thought Green Bray meant, like, something with, like, greenhouses or something. Or, like, what happened? But we walked for, like, a mile. And I just, I kept getting asked, like, do you know what that plant is? And I was like, no. We, we still haven't figured out why he was asking. So we'll joke about it from time to time. Like, do you know what that fern is? Nope. <laughs> That's hilarious. that's hilarious yeah they have apps for that now is what you should have said yeah i use i use one so we do have to ask her what you think your spirit animal would be because mm-hmm. mine's an otter and justin's is the owl hence our name so yeah. I, i'm gonna go with eagle uh because I, I am a i don't get excited about much right i'm pretty level-headed i don't fam like someone famous could show up right now walk in the room i'd be like whatever but if a bald eagle flies by right there and people have seen it on call to me, I'm like, 
And uh, Corey will be like, dude, you're, there's something wrong with you. People probably think you're you're mental. And I'm like, bald eagles. I just love them. So I'll go with a bald eagle just because they're so cool. And they look like they wear gaucho pants. <laughs> gaucho pants. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought of it that way, but now I will. But are you walk? It looks like they have little gauchos. <laughs> I'm not going to look at it the same now. <laughs> they just went from majestic to <laughs> something really different. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, that's how we got our name. So I have to always, we're now going to have to ask all of our guests because you're our first. Dude, I love it. We love otters for the right. We like owls because we, uh, the joke in the house is one of our kids looks like an owl. So we always <laughs> talk about that because he always been. Uh, and then um, we love otters just because they're mischievous. So we're always trying to go yeah. see otters uh, and see them in the wild. Uh, so when, when we're out walking around and usually we fail and we don't see them, but we talk about the little otter in the house down there, like reading the paper, smoking a cob pipe. And uh, yeah, we ha we have some interesting conversations and now people probably will think uh, I'm mental. But. There's an aquarium in Georgia where you can like hold hands with an otter. And I don't live far from Georgia, so I've been like, how do I convince my husband to let me go somewhere? <laughs> we we saw somewhere on the signs going to Delaware. It's in Delaware. You can swim with otters. There's like a swimming pool and you hop in and then the otters get in with you uh, and you sit there for like a half hour in the pool. So, Oh, uh, Allison, we could do a podcast in the pool. Yes. Or if David <laughs> asks what I, he should get me for my birthday. I'll, I'll send it to you. you. I'll send you the info yeah. on it, Allison. Yes. And so we have a condo in Myrtle Beach and at the aquarium, they have sloths that are coming soon. And I will pay money to hold a sloth as soon as it opens. I'm going. It, it, it's funny. The animal ties tie-ins with this conversation. Our daughter is scared of sloths. And we're like, you, you realize they can't move, right? So like <laughs> in the Baltimore aquarium that we go to sometimes, there's two sloths and they're way up in a tree. Like they can't get to you. And like, everyone's like, where are they? She's like, it's right there. Like she can find it. Cause she is so deathly scared. And like, she's like walking. So now I didn't realize all this, all these places sell sloth things. So we buy them all the time just to mess with her. So like, Hey, here's a soap holder. That's a sloth. Here's a stuffed animal. Here's a keychain. Like now that I know that you don't like them, like you're going to get everything sloth. I wonder what creates that, like, just natural aversion to certain things. I don't like mascots. They freak mascots? me out. Mascots? We, we talk... You don't know <laughs> We talk about it that everyone has an irrational fear. So, in her case, it's sloths. Uh, I don't know what you alls are, but everyone has an irrational fear. Mascots. There you go. There's no reason I should be scared of them, but they terrify me. At Knowledge one year, the power buttons were like everywhere I went before they changed logos to the little toilet seat logo. The old power buttons I'm... were like all over Knowledge. Toilet seat logo? <laughs> I know it's supposed to be a person, but yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to look at that the same now. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not a life altering podcast. <laughs> yeah, I had not thought of that as a toilet seat, but I can see it now. Like oh, yeah. we have this map of the world in our living room and it's like a print on wood and stuff. And uh, now when I look at it, Brazil and a couple other South American countries look like Colonel Sanders. 
So I, I can't <laughs> unsee it. So I'm like, look, there's Colonel Sanders. And like other people can't necessarily see it. They'll be like, okay, maybe a little bit. But now anytime I look at it, I'm like, Brazil and a couple of the other countries don't exist. It's just Colonel Sanders. Have you seen their logo? It looks like he's got like little arms and little legs instead of the bow tie. I don't know. <laughs> you need to pull it up when we're done and you'll just okay. see like his little hands. Yeah, Herb, if we pull up the screen share, it can go really downhill very fast. <laughs> I see that. That's good though. It's fun. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, try we to have fun. Bucky's gas stations one day. You guys have Bucky's in you're in Colorado, right? Or- uh, I'm right outside of DC. We do not. I think I seen oh. a Bucky's in like Kentucky or somewhere one time. So we get down lots of rabbit holes. Oh, I love it. Sorry, my dog just started snoring. I, I hear that. I was like, Mike. I was like, wait, did I fall asleep? Did, am I snoring? Because I do snore, and I was like, wait, did I, did I do that? <laughs> nope, not you. It's her. And she gets right underneath like the desk, so I can't. I'll probably just put it, filter it out, and post. But ha- has to. You guys have pets, or we do. We have um, our two dogs, and then there's a turtle over here that like. You can't hear, but like our sun hasn't filled up the water, so it's like trickling, and it's like it's really annoying. And I'm like, why do we have this turtle? No one pays it attention. Like, no, we can't get rid of the turtle. So we have a turtle and uh, two dogs. Nice. And then uh, we we want more dogs. We did have chickens that lasted for about two days once we put them outside. And then uh, the fox, either fox or hawk, said, "Hey, we'll take the chickens." So. Uh, after raising them from like a day old to being, I think it was like 10 weeks old, uh, we decided not to have chickens anymore. Yeah, that's probably smart. I've entertained the idea. I've never done it. (laughs) It it was really cool. I put a lot of work in fencing, like converted a shed, cut out a hole so that a door installed a uh, solar powered door. And then, you know, the second day they're out in the wild. They're gone. gone. And I was like, and there was just blood spots. I was like, okay, I'm not investing in this. I also had like built a frame in the shed with fencing to like fence off. I'd put a lot of hours into this. And uh, (laughs) I was like, we'll just buy our eggs. This is not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. That's before they went up on price, right? It was that. (laughs) Well, Justin, you can buy a pre-built chicken coop. (laughs) Just drive up to DC. I mean, not a bad idea. Just more fencing, maybe. <laughs> well, Herb, thank you for coming. We we're trying to be cognizant of your time. But any yeah. last things? I see Rise Up on your shirt. I know that's new. And- it is. Uh, Rise Up with ServiceNow kind of, you know, expounding upon what we're doing with our next-gen programs. Just, you know, ServiceNow said, hey, we're going to train a million people in two years on ServiceNow. Not lofty goal or anything. But really, hey, we, how do you get people into the ecosystem, right? As we're growing, the company's growing. Uh, we need to, people need to have training. So that's the goal as we go forward and it's evolving around the globe of getting people more trained in service now and uh, just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, thanks for their being here for our podcast. Yeah. Um, we're, <laughs> we're just trying to spend time together and maybe share a little bit of service now stuff. So it's, you're actually our first guest for, uh, we've never had a guest before. So uh, I, I'm honored or scared that you picked me first, but thank you. Allison, Allison voted for you. She was a big supporter of her being first. So uh, I appreciate it, Allison. Thank you. No, y'all, I love, I love this. Like just people talking and, and getting to know each other. And I feel like it's a good way to tune in, learn a little bit of information and uh, 
y'all y'all keep doing it because uh, I, I like the otter and the owl uh they're pretty cool so uh they, you get my vote we can have a little eagle on this episode. but it's gotta be walking oh, i should put an eagle i definitely should put an eagle or, um oh yeah with the with pants, the pants. <laughs>